want you to turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 1. And yes, I'm still struggling to get out of chapter 1. So I don't know how long this series is going to be. But turn with me to Mark chapter 1, please. You guys just stand a little bit longer. Just keep playing while we read this passage. Now, in our our previous sermons, we uh, spent some time on this witness, this testimony of Christ, John, proclaiming that the King was about to come and the kingdom of God is at hand. We spent a bit of time in Jesus proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The gospel of Christ it's all about that Jesus proclaimed and then from verse 14 we finished with verse 14 the previous time where it says that Jesus proclaimed the time has come and said the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news from verse 16 it says as Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee he saw Simon the brother of Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and they followed. And they followed him. Now verse 21 is where we pick up this morning. They went to Capernaum and uh, when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at His teaching because He taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that just as your word was given, it is also revealed. And we ask that you would make your word alive in our hearts and our spirit this morning. We pray, Lord, we thank you for what you've done already. And we thank you for ministering in us and to us in this morning. We pray that in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you very much to our worship team. You guys have blessed us. Now in this passage, we see just after Jesus started proclaiming this good news, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he gathered John and James and Peter He found himself right at the beginning of the Sabbath. It says there in verse 21, it says, when he went to Capernaum, when the Sabbath came. So it was a very spiritual time, a wonderful time 
um, in a Jewish week, a time where they consecrate themselves to the Lord. So when the Sabbath came, he was in Capernaum. And by the way, Capernaum was a very small little town, a very small little village just in the north, north of, the, of the Sea of Galilee. Very simple-minded fishermen, ordinary people living in this town. Now, this is where we find Jesus and these three disciples of his as they are, as they are moving forward in Jesus' teaching. Now, I reminded you in the beginning that when Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke, he that was the word of God himself, he that just in the previous chapter was addressed and, and God spoke his word over his son saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now Jesus starts ministering at the age of 33. And when Jesus found himself here in Capernaum, you must remember now, at least, people knew that this Jesus was, a, was, was, was something different. Because John proclaimed, listen, this is he. This is he that, that we were waiting for. John proclaimed him to be the Christ. And then the Father announced him to be the Christ. And when Jesus spoke and when Jesus started ministering, can we agree that, the, that what he said carried some weight. Yes? Repent and be baptized for the kingdom of God is at hand. But then now we see him in this very first part of his ministry, we see something repeated in this passage. We find Jesus in Capernaum in the synagogue ministering to them and, and then two things come up. Uh, twice this phrase is actually repeated which shows us a bit about what Mark is trying to show us about what happened here with Jesus addressing this impure spirit. Firstly, we see that when Jesus was ministering to them, it says that he spoke, and when he spoke, the people were amazed. They were amazed at what? They were amazed because his teaching was what? Did they have teaching before? Yes. yes. Now Jesus taught. They had rabbis before. They had teachers of the law before. But yet Jesus taught them and they were amazed. It actually says they were awestruck. They were surprised. At what? They were surprised because he spoke he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. Now, this was the first thing that really struck me. Because teachers of the law was teaching what? They were teaching the law. They were teaching the Word of God. They were proclaiming what God gave them. Right throughout the Old Testament, God, uh, uh, God's journey with Israel, that's what they were teaching. And they were referencing the Word of God, just as Jesus referenced Scripture when he was tempted. You remember, that was just the previous passage. So they actually did what Jesus did, but it said that they were awestruck. They were surprised. They were surprised because of his authority, because there was a difference. On the one hand, you had the teachers of the law who taught, taught the law, but they taught it in a way that for those hearing, they didn't see the same kind of 
authority. They actually loved quoting things, which is important to do. Even Jesus quoted the Old Testament in resisting the temptation of the enemy. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they quoted one another. They would say, as that teacher, as Gamaliel, as this said, as that said, and they quoted the Old Testament, but there was something about Jesus because Jesus did not just quote the word. Jesus spoke the word. It wasn't something that he heard. But even more than that, Jesus was the word. This you can go see in John. John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus spoke with authority because for him, the law, the word, the word, was something a bit different than those hearing about it. So this was not second-hand knowledge. This was not something from the outside. This was not gathered information. Now, let me just show you this quickly. I told you that Capernaum was a very simple town. Simple-minded people, as I said, nothing out of the ordinary. And in this teaching here, these simple-minded people understood something. They said, listen, we're amazed at the way that Jesus' authority comes across when he preaches. He's preaching. One of the commentaries says, it struck them like a, like a blow. It was almost like being thunderstruck, receiving something totally different because he's preaching packed a punch. Why? Why was it so different? It was all about what he knew about himself, what he knew about God because that was not, as I said, just gathered information. That was from the inside, Jesus was very passionate about what he said because he knew how important it was. Yes. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, he, he, he did not hear it somewhere. He, he, he was not saying it because it's a suggestion. He was saying it because he knew how important this was. Jesus knew this was about life and death. Yes. See, it's so easy to quote, to teach, to learn, to even quote scripture, but forget the passion and the power of it. Yes. Jesus said over and over again, he did not just quote, Jesus said, you have heard it said before, but I tell you. Yeah. This you can go read in Matthew 5, Matthew 22, Matthew 27, Matthew 28. Over and over, Jesus reminded them, listen, I know you've read this. I know you've heard this, but hear me say this. There's a difference when Jesus preaches. Right? Can we agree there? It's important that you understand this for us to go forward. Jesus wasn't preaching the word. He was the word. And he preached the word. He was clear and simple. Even those fishermen, even those simple-minded people, they understood what Jesus was saying. There was nothing unclear about what Jesus was saying. His disciples, these new disciples of his, could see 
They could hear what he was saying, but they could also see what happened when he was saying it. First of all, they were struck to the heart when Jesus spoke. Think about it. They were fishermen for their whole lives up to that point. And Jesus said, put down your nets and come follow me. It says, and they did immediately. Can you imagine the authority in those words? The two sons of Zebedee were with their father in the boat. And he said, listen, put that down, follow me. Scripture says, and they did that immediately. It says, at once. So they knew what, they, they knew that authority firsthand. Now they're traveling with Jesus and Jesus starts speaking. He starts preaching to people. And they now can see what Jesus' words is like, bombs being dropped in their midst. People are struck to the heart. Things start changing so much so. And now I've got to read this with me, otherwise you won't believe me. So much so that while Jesus was preaching, listen to this. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now please help me. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm understanding this wrong, but I read that Jesus went to Capernaum. And he went to what in Capernaum? They were in the synagogue. So they were in church. You, You know where I'm going with this, right? So they were in church. And they have been doing so week after week after week. Actually, in the synagogue, day after day after day. Yes? And while Jesus was preaching, the authority of Christ was addressing people's hearts. And while it was addressing people's hearts, please just recheck this with me. Then a man in their Yeah, it is right. I did read right. A man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit. So this man was sitting in the synagogue day by day, being taught, receiving quotation after quotation. I don't know how long he was there. I just know he was there. A man in their synagogue Possessed by an impure spirit. You see, you can hide even in the synagogue. According to this passage, impure spirits can hide even in the synagogue. Or for that matter, evil can hide even within the pews of a church. Yes, no? Is that that what we're reading? See, but, but you can do that. Even... If you're sitting under the teaching of the teachers of the law, you can. You can do that even if you receive quotation after quotation or even scripture being quoted to you. Can, can, can that happen? Yes, it can happen. But the moment Christ showed up and started preaching, there was something different in the air. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is striking us in our hearts. This is going deeper than last week's sermon. This is going deeper than telling us what to do. 
and what not to do. There's something within me that now is, is, is saying, wait a minute, I'm being touched in a, in, inside. I'm being touched in the depth of my heart. God is calling something out from me that has not been touched or spoken or addressed yet. And these people were amazed, wait a minute, there's authority here. And while they're listening, they said, can you believe this? Can you believe this teaching? Here, a man next to them starts shouting out. What, what did he shout? Listen to this. He says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So remember, it was uh, just, just a little bit of, of English. Man means one man in this context. There was a man. If they say, this is free, this isn't part of a sermon. It says, a man is one man. Now the man, a man, said, what do you want with us? Why? Because there were some other people in the audience. Or let me say, there were some others in attendance that were hiding for quite some time. And they were used to hearing some things. And they were used to the synagogue being the synagogue. But when Jesus showed up, they knew, wait a minute, we've got tickets for that, but we don't have tickets for this. You see, I can choose my attendance where I find myself in the synagogue or not, but I can't choose my attendance when the Son of Man, when Christ Jesus, the Savior, when the Son of the living God steps in and starts speaking and strikes the hearts of people and the Word of God is being revealed in the depths of our heart, then there's some in attendance that say, wait a minute, okay, I don't have tickets for this. I'm not supposed to be here. But an impure spirit, being an impure spirit, tries the age-old best defense. Some of you are looking at me with a question mark. I've, I thought you knew this one. The best form of defense is attack. If you know you're being exposed, exposed, you know you just come step out and try to mess everything up. They were not waiting for Jesus to say, "Boys." I see you. Yes. Simpure spirit. Listen to this. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? What a question. This is not a question. They're basically saying, okay, we know you. We know you've come to remove us and destroy us. Why would I say that? Simply because the very next phrase is this, I know who you are. So hear me say this. No matter how challenging this situation to think that in the synagogue, this man could be possessed by an impure spirit there in that context and Jesus arrives, no matter how challenging that may be, hear me say this, they knew who he was. They knew. And then saying, what, 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 have you come to destroy us? What do you want with us? 
I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You see, the thing is, Jesus knows and knew who Jesus was. Jesus was not confused about it. The people were still getting to know who Jesus was. You've you've got to get this, otherwise you're not going to get my sermon. So there were three, three different things at play here. Jesus' identity, which he knew who he was. Jesus knew. Because the Father confirmed it and Jesus knew who he was. The people still didn't know. They asked, us, they asked themselves, what is happening here? This person, this rabbi is a bit different. They don't know what's happening yet. But they were getting to know. And then you get the enemy. You get the impure spirits. They were not confused at all. Come on. I'm going to say this again. Jesus knew who he was. The demons knew who he was. It was just the people still learning who he was. Are you reading the same Bible as me? You see, because it feels to me that if you put us in that situation, then from our side, we're almost going, you know, this is light and this is darkness and this is Jesus and this is the enemy and this is dragging me this way and this is, and Jesus is speaking and ministering to me, but that's dragging me this way and there's authority here and there's authority there, but that's not the picture being painted. The picture being given to us is that the authority lies in Jesus and Jesus alone. Okay. Let me settle some questions you have. Did the evil spirits have authority over the man that was possessed? Answer, yes. Yes. Whatever those evil spirits made him do, whatever challenge he experienced, whatever you face and I face, whatever this man faced, whatever brought that about, if it was a hurt or a bitterness or an unforgiveness that gave door and opened the door to that, there was an influence from this impure spirit on this man's life. Yes? So it had authority. Come on, you've got to follow with me. It had authority on this man's life because this man sat in the synagogue. Do you think the evil spirits would have told him, go to the synagogue? Come on, guys. Don't leave Scripture here, bring it home. Do you think the impure spirits would say, you've got to go to the synagogue today because, you know, there's a man that's going to drive us out. You're going to be free today. Don't worry. We're not going to bother you anymore. Come on. No. So there was something in him swimming upstream saying, there's this thing that has authority over me that is even speaking through me that is messing up my life. I don't even have control over sometimes what I say. But there was something inside. And he didn't know yet who it was. But it was something inside. She just, I've got to get there today. I've got to be there in this moment. Maybe he was seeking help week after week. I don't know. But one thing I know is this. That when Jesus shows up in the synagogue 
then these, this authority that they have is done, is finished. You see, you can stay hidden and whatever has authority over your life can bother you and ruin you and mess up your life and your marriage. It can mess up the relationships around you. It can mess up everything. And Jesus going by, Jesus comes to your synagogue, to your inner room, to your home, to your place. He's seeking you out. You see, today it's not me going to the synagogue to find Jesus. No, my God made a way and He's finding me. He says, here I am. You don't have to sit with that authority over you. You don't have to deal with that every day. You don't have to stay burdened under it because the Son of Man came to set the captives free. The people were still learning, but man, this was a quick lesson. And these demons, they they were just rampant. Thought, wait, we still have authority over his body. And they, they put on a bit of a show. Spoke through his voice. And I wish you could say, shut up from the pulpit because then I would say it, but I can't. (laughs) Then Jesus said, be quiet. Jesus said, you know the word there literally means be muzzled. picture that I get, you know when a dog is disobedient, there's a bit aggressive. And wherever you walk, it wants to bite everything and anything around it. What, what, what do you do? You muzzle it. Just excuse me, I'm a person that I like to make things practical. It's as if Jesus took those boys and said, uh-uh. No. Sit. Be quiet. Be muzzled. They knew who he was. Because Jesus' heart wasn't focused on the enemy. Because Jesus knew who he was, he knew this was not a battle, let's see who wins. The unclean spirit, the impure spirit, didn't even wonder who's going to win. That's very clear. They knew who won. They knew who he was. See, but for the man with an unclean spirit, listen to this. Jesus said, be quiet. Verse 25, said Jesus sternly, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. Now again, excuse me for being very practical, but they didn't want to go. That's why they shook him one last time just wanted to exert authority, just wanted to exert the little bit of control that they had, but they had to go. Why? Because Jesus is who He says He is. Hello? You've got to be with me. Jesus is who He says He is. And Jesus changed that man's life. Listen to this. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He even gives order to the impure spirits and 
They obey. Now lastly, I don't want you to forget this. I told you from the very beginning, Jesus knows. The impure spirit knows. The people are learning. What are they learning? The moment that impure spirit availed itself and revealed itself, Jesus addressed him, muzzled him, and commanded him to go. Now don't forget these words. People said he he gives orders even to impure spirits and they obey him. Here's the thing that really grabs my heart. Unfortunately, nowadays, as in those days, we face a lot of the same things. There are so many things in our lives that are uninvited and oppressive and impure that have been accommodated so long that even if we go in and out of the synagogue, these things stay with us until we come and we bring them to Jesus. We allow Him to deal with it. But here's the biggest challenge I have. That the way we think and the way we see these things happening, it's almost as if we wonder if they have to go or not. Come on, you've got to stay with me. An impure spirit has no right, no authority to remain if Jesus addresses it. No, none. It is for us learning and seeing and believing and surrendering to who He is, knowing that that now is dealt with. We put that down. Even whatever the enemy brings, the pathway is to be where Jesus is because His authority, He bestows upon us. And Jesus says, in you and in me, He still today deals with everything that is uninvited in all of our lives. Yes, but wait a minute, there's still some stuff hanging on. Nowhere here does it say the man was part, he he had to deal with a portion of it. You know, he's gotta gotta go, okay, listen, no, you go, you go. No, Jesus dealt with it. The, The responsibility of this man was to be in the presence of Jesus, to come to Jesus. That's the authority. Why do you think that the only thing that is repeated twice in this passage has to do with Jesus' authority? Because this teaching, what Mark gives us here, is that all authority is in Him. Therefore, when we step into the presence of God, when we allow Him to deal with things, we have to do that with the knowledge that He is who He says He is. And there's no authority above or beyond Him. Yes. Amen? Yes. I know we all believe this. I want to finish with this. If you can turn with me to a very well-known passage in Matthew. In Matthew 28, where Jesus gives his disciples instruction, 
It says in verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let me ask you, how much authority? All authority in? In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now this portion we know because we're all quoted. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And there normally we stop. What is the very next phrase? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It is as if we think we're in the synagogue. We're at home. And it's a good day. But unfortunately, Jesus is, is, is not at Capernaum. Jesus is at Bethlehem today. You know why you laugh? You know why it's funny? Because that's how, that's how we deal with it. We don't know if we have the authority. Pastor, last week you had, the anointing was there, man. But this week, we don't know if it's enough to deal with these things. Come on. We like this sermon. It's like a 70% sermon, you know. But last week was a 121. Then we could, oh, everything would have just been dealt with. God help you if you think church is about me. Yes. <laughs> you see, the one that is closest knows the best. God help you. If you think that God can only deal with the impurity and the impure spirits and the things that are struggling, you're struggling with and challenging you only when you say, I just got to go to the synagogue and church. No, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore go. Where? Just go. Where? Do I? Every nation. Every place. Go teach them what? That all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. But Lord, we don't know if we can do it. Yeah, no, no, you don't have to worry about that. You can't do it. But then why do you say we should do it? Because I'll be with you. I'm gonna do it. I just want you to go. So wherever we go, whatever synagogue, your synagogue might be your car and you're talking to a friend. And, he said, and, and that friend said, yes, I'm, I'm battling with this. I've been battling for years. He said, oh my goodness, I don't know what we're gonna do because Jesus is at the synagogue. No, you know what? Jesus said, he will be with me. He will be with us everywhere we go. We will never be alone. You will never be without Jesus in your synagogue. If your synagogue is your room, if your synagogue is your car, if your synagogue is your business, no matter where you are, we're not just quoting the Word. The Word is with us and in us and dealing with every sense of impurity, every spirit, every power, every principality. If you think that you're making too much of it, it's important that you know that there's no authority that can remain in the presence of Christ. Amen. Now, if you believe that, and Jesus said, I will never leave you. When will he be with us? Always. Always. So if something shows up, don't wonder if Jesus is there. So what should we do then? Just allow Jesus to deal with it. 
come closer, not further. Here's the only thing this man could have done that would have messed up this story, and we've never read about it, if he didn't come to Jesus. That's your and my invitation. That's your and my responsibility to say, Lord, here we are. You are with us. Here's my heart. Here's whatever it is that is bothering me, that have been hurting me, that have been bruising me, allowing him to deal with it. Say, Lord, here it is. Don't hide in plain sight. Allow him who is always present to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Amen. I'm gonna ask that you just close your eyes as Lisa comes forward. There is no more wonderful or greater realization that this God in whom all authority rests is deeply and personally involved in your life. He loves you. He cares about you. Jesus deeply cared about this man being tormented by this impure spirit. And Jesus released him by dealing with this enemy and setting him free so much so that everyone around the region heard of what happened. You know, in our own lives, it's very much the same. Saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know what, what you sit with. I don't know what your challenge is. I don't know if it's an unforgiveness, a bitterness, a hardness of heart. I don't know what area of your life you're allowing the enemy or have been battered or bruised over and over again. I want to invite you this morning to just personally, there where you are, say, Lord, I know that I don't have to go and search for you. Not by my word, but your word. You promised that you are here. Lord, I pray that you would deal with anything and everything that is impure, improper that is hurting me oppressing me exerting exerting authority over my life and it has no right to Father we bring it to you Lord Jesus Christ we pray that everything Lord within us that is not of you we come and we lay it down at your feet we ask, Lord, would you just, in your authority, deal with everything, every power and every principality, every oppression, every heart condition, Lord, that we sit with, that is ruining our inside, that is stealing our peace, that is just keeping a storm over our life. We pray, Lord, that you would speak into these situations and 
quiet them and quiet it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.